0: Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits.
1: I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union labels. And to secure
0: these rights, governments are instituted among men. Driving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hand. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan.
2: Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every year's Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies, and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday. At this time, don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter- facebook options that we have there for you and of course with great dispatch and alacrity we'd love to thank our distributor the salem radio network that's right the alan nathan shows entering its 25th year of national syndication all thanks to you reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again all thanks to you and by the way I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Our topics to jure, you may have heard, well, Gallup shows Biden's approval numbers sinking to 37%. So what I'm curious about is who the hell belongs to this satisfied 37%? And what are they getting out of this constitution-violating, foreign policy-fumbling, and economy-killing Neanderthalic crap stain? What are they getting out of this guy? Also, Biden's FHFA, May 1st, rule requiring those with good credit to subsidize those with bad credit for mortgages is a tax not written by Congress, thus very saliently violating the Constitution. So will Congress sue to protect its separation of powers? You know, people think, oh, this is going to go along the lines of the Obamacare. Well, Obamacare, as much of an abomination as it was, it went through Congress. It got passed. It was then having to then they had to decide whether or not what was passed was constitutionally compliant, and only by calling it a tax was it indeed considered constitutionally compliant. The Democrats predicated its legitimacy on the interstate commerce clause, but the Supreme Court on that point said no, it doesn't pass on that muster. That doesn't that doesn't work, but we can call it a tax. Well, fine. <laughs> it, at least it met some kind of standard. This thing that Biden is doing, saying that those with good credit have to subsidize those with bad credit, that's a tax. And that's something that the executive branch cannot unilaterally do. And we've had from the Republicans in House saying, we're going to pass a law that says you can't do that. We've already got laws that say you can't do that. That's an anemic response, at least in my estimation. Anyway, assisting in the opining and analyzing, old friend of the show, Tom Schatz. We understand he has arrived president of Citizens Against Government Waste. His editorials on fiscal policies have appeared in publications nationwide. We're talking in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. He's also testified on plenty of occasions concerning government waste issues before congressional committees and regulatory bodies. Tom Schatz, good to have you back, buddy. How are you today?
0: Uh, Thank you. I'm sorry my credit score is so good. (laughs)
2: you know it's like you know if incentives reinforce behavior then clearly disincentives counter it i don't know how you're incentivizing people to be good stewards of their own personal economies by punishing them for when they achieve that good stewardship uh by obligating and requiring them to support those who don't where am i mistaken
0: I think your your two issues are similar, right? The 38% that like Biden want socialism, and this is pure socialism. It's taking from the not even the rich, just people with good credit. They don't even have to be rich, and giving to people that otherwise wouldn't qualify. This sounds a little bit like what we went through in the uh, Great Recession, 2008, the housing crisis. We now have banks that are failing because interest rates are too high. So this will help push us even further toward. Maybe not just a shallow recession, but something possibly even worse, uh, because it's going to have a dramatically negative impact on the housing market. I also read this morning that Asian-Americans, as a group, have better credit scores than anyone else, and they are denied mortgages at a higher rate than white people who are in the same category. So that they're being double penalized now because they have really good credit. They're having trouble getting mortgages, and now they've got to pay more. So this is just an outrage, but it's not surprising, because this is how this administration works. It's moving more and more towards pure socialism, government control of every industry. Now they're in housing.
2: It just strikes me so odd. you got the Biden administration's rule to force those having good credit to subsidize mortgages of those having bad. And this seems to actually equal taxation without representation, since all taxes must originate with the House, at least according to Article 1 of the Constitution, Uh, how do you see that dilemma unfolding?
0: Well, that is one argument. The other is this major questions uh, Supreme Court decision in the EPA versus West Virginia case where the EPA overstepped its statutory authority, and I think the same issue applies here. Uh, There is nothing in the statute uh, for the Federal Housing Administration or HUD or anyone else that really allows them to do that. So there are multiple challenges to this other than the people looking around and saying, what? You know, so there are legal ways to do this, not just what what Congress is doing. And you're right, uh, they they don't need to pass a law because they're already violating the law that's been passed.
2: Precisely. I mean, it's black-letter constitutional law, so really there's no Mm -hmm. need for legislation to deter that which is already illegal, correct?
0: Well, true, but if they came out and said, you are not allowed to do this, period, that wouldn't hurt. Uh, It would be a little faster than going through, you know, all of the... Supreme Court, two years, however long that takes, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, with same as other issues, how many Democrats think this is a great idea to punish success even more. But again, yeah, but the reality is, no law You can,
2: can't pass any law right now because the GOP can stop it in the House, and if it does, and whatever it does pass the House, the Democrats can stop in the Senate. Um, so that's why I'm saying it's kind of silly mm-hmm. trying to pass any law at all, and doing so is obviously going to be a lot slower of a process than just quickly taking this to court. I mean, this could be fast-tracked like nobody's business. I mean, I mean. also, isn't this ripe for an immediate citizen-wide class-action lawsuit? Because millions could easily meet the criteria of what constitutes standing on this matter, uh, because that was established by the Supreme Court's ruling in Lujan v. Defenders of Wildlife back in 1992. Just to give this, give this to you in truncated form, standing requires three, um, three points of criteria. One is injury in fact. A harm that is actual or an an imminent versus merely conjectural or hypothetical well that's that consider that box ticked the next one is causation you've got to show how the harm is traceable to the controversial conduct in focus. Well, hey, you're about to take money away from me to give to her or him. That's traceable. And then finally, likelihood of redress. This is where the plaintiffs must identify the remedy that a court's ruling could offer. Well, yeah, you stop Biden from doing this crap, I'm not going to get bitten in the ass. So, I mean, given that this has a provable negative impact on millions having good credit with easily shown linkage to the constitutionally non-compliant action in focus and that it, that it can be stopped immediately by the court or courts that would rule on the violation in question tom it would appear that this would be a law firm's wet dream when it comes to a matter of standing where am i mistaken
0: well i think you'll see immediate lawsuits uh, on may 1st when this happens i think which is very first coming up very soon so yes i think it will happen go quickly um somebody will assist what am i saying uh, place a hold on this taking effect i would think uh, because it has irreparable harm Uh, which, of course, is how you get an injunction, uh, to the people that are being impacted by this rule. It is just, it it is, if you looked at your neighbor and said, hi, you have better credit than I do. give me 40 bucks a month, you'd say, you're crazy, but this is what they're doing. And and so
2: much of what they're doing is just insane. I mean, I I saw a recent piece where Democrats apparently want to give homeless people the right to sue you if you ask them to mm-hmm. move off your property, yep. you know, I, I, I mean, this is very, very strange. Now, granted, that's not we're not talking about U.S. congressional leaders. This is all happening in, in Oregon. But I'm looking at a headline here. Oregon Democrats propose right to rest act decriminalizing public camping as homeless crisis surge surges. Now, You know, what do you think is more likely going to keep people uh, in the state of Oregon? Laws like this or laws that protect the people you want to keep in Oregon? I, I mean, I, or am I being too snarky? It's just the comedy writes itself, does it not, Tom Schatz?
0: Well, it, it, is, it would be funny if it wasn't so sad and serious yeah. and, and impacting people who have worked hard to succeed uh, and get to the point where they don't have to worry about money or finances. So if you're saying I'll, you, somebody can go sit in your home and they can keep it, or if there's a homeless person, they can stay there. It's exactly the opposite of what this country was built on, and some people are tired of it.
2: They're very tired of it. Now, if we can just pass muster with the normal measures of who wins elections and not have <laughs> shenanigans pulled during these elections, there's no way Biden wins. I don't care if the GOP run a guy nobody's ever heard of who manages a gas station. There's no way Biden can win. Tom, if you can't, buddy, hang on the line for just a second. Folks, going to be right back.
3: This message is provided by Beringer Engelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer-Ingelheim's Phase 3 global. Fibronear program. To learn more about Fibronear and eligibility requirements, visit Fibronear IPF.longboat.com and Fibronear ILD.longboat.com.
4: This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities.
5: Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear
1: John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times, when we were more active and ate more healthy foods, and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave. But unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit... You quit. Sincerely, your heart.
3: Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council.
1: The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities.
2: It looks to me a bit like 07 and 08 when we were throwing money at people who could not repay their loans. I know it's on a smaller scale, but it looks similar to me. How about you?
6: A
7: hundred percent, Stuart.
6: And it, it's
1: a Uh world. That fee that's charged, you know, PMI, which is uh, personal mortgage insurance, that fee that FHA charges is intended to punish those with lower credit scores and, and riskier loans to basically level the playing field from a risk perspective. Well, what are we doing? We're doing the opposite. If you have a high credit score, and 680 is a good credit score, you have to pay more. And we're talking about real money. This could be $100 a month more, uh, depending on the size of your loan. So it makes no sense. And by the way, this isn't about first-time
6: homebuyers. There's nothing in this rule that says it applies to first-time homebuyers. It applies to anybody borrowing money that's insured by FHA. It's madness.
8: Let's finish this job. I
2: know we can. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Let's finish the very butchering job uh, that uh, I've started. I know we can That was Joe Biden following an exchange on um, uh, Fox Business News, uh, Varney & Company with Stuart Varney. He's uh, noting that the new FHA rule where people with good credit are effectively fined to help uh, pay the higher risk for people with bad credit kind of reminds him a little bit of what led to the 2008 crash, One. Mitch Rochelle, uh, Madison Ventures uh, Plus managing director, uh, he agrees and further describes that what's, you know, what's going on and, and, and notes that it's really not about first-time homeowners as advertised. Rather, it applies to anyone and that it's madness. Um, but then again, Joe Biden, when announcing his re-election intentions, tells us this. Clip one again, James. Let's finish this job. I know we can't. Let's finish this job. I know we can. God, my God. He's trying to be inspiring about crap. I mean, see this lump of manure I have in my hand? Please, let's all revere it and, and, and ask for more of it, shall we? God. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach we uh, have on board with us old friend of the show, Tom Shots. Tom uh, Sticking around, we appreciate that. He, of course, president of Citizens Against Government Waste. His editorials and fiscal policies, again, have appeared in publications around the country. We're talking the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. Tom, appreciate you sticking around. Thanks again.
0: Oh, anytime. Thanks.
2: Um, You know, accompanying Biden's recent re-election announcement is actually an all-time basement approval rating of 37% from Gallup. Uh, Correspondingly, 59% uh, say they disapprove. What are the major drivers you think behind these numbers? Is it, would it be the economy, his agencies censoring Americans through civilian proxies like the Election Integrity Group, perhaps his DOJ overtly stalling the investigations of his son Hunter and brother James, or maybe it's his dictatorial uh, you know, banning of stoves, you know, <laughs> you know that people would prefer to buy, or maybe the mortgages for which they'd like to apply? What say you?
0: So I think they see the direction that he's taking the country, the quote-unquote progressive, or as most people understand it, socialism, uh, where the government is really taking over everything. It's This latest move with punishing people who have good credit is, I think, adding on top of everything else. Because every time something happens, I think, oh, that's it for him. But <laughs> it, 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 different issues affect people differently. Not everybody owns a home. But the people that would like to buy one are now saying to themselves, wait a second, what, what's going on here? Or anybody who is successful uh, is recognizing that the objective of this administration is to punish them as soon as they get enough money to be comfortable and, you know, build a business and pass it on to the kids between, you know, taxes and regulations and what the Federal uh, Trade Commission is doing on antitrust issues, going after every business. of every It's a long list that i think is finally getting to the public consciousness and everybody's saying wait i don't like what this guy's doing for the economy for anything and i think they've kind of had enough and yeah he's a little old
2: yeah really well that's the only thing nighttime humor shows uh, want to talk about that's the thing they only think is that's the only thing they think is uh, permissible to go after uh, but the reality is he's doing a whole host of things that are horrific for the country and <clears throat> as you've sort of alluded to you know a lot, a lot of times these things can can be done and People don't think twice about it because, as you said, maybe not everybody owns a home. Not everybody is in that umbrella, under that category, in that box, in that uh, arena. So, you know, they can't – they're not necessarily feeling the consequences of of bad policy. But when you have so many bad decisions being made about so many things that do affect so many people, then after a while, spin doesn't work. I mean, you know, then you're eventually telling people, hey, who are you going to believe? me or your own lying eyes. I mean, people feel the consequences of being told that they can't buy a gas stove, um, Mm -hmm. which is especially nonsensical because gas stoves have zero connection to the very asthma that uh, Democrats are using as a justification for banning them. Isaac, the people that do this sort of study internationally, I think it's the International Study of Asthma and Allergies in Children, um, they did an international study involving some 57 countries and, and 570,000 people, and they found that there is no connection whatsoever between gas stoves and asthma for kids. But uh, because of this left-wing group known as the Rocky Mountain Institute, comprised of unapologetic, hardcore, anti-fossil-burning lefties that wanted to manufacture grounds on which to predicate such a claim, they're saying, oh, 12.7% of kids are uh, you know, contracting asthma because of gas stoves. they got nothing on which they can base it. Nothing tangible. There's no ability that they have to link their assertions to anything. Yet um, this is what passes for substantiation, again, despite Isaac, who is the real gold standard in these matters. And once more, you have people who are genuinely personally affected by not being able to get the gas stoves they want. They don't want electric stoves. Uh, And, of course, now we have it with the home buying thing where a lot of everyday Americans are going to be affected by this. Um, I I mean, how much longer can this go on before – You think the Democrats see the writing on the wall wherein, wait a minute, we're really not going to have the numbers come November of 2024.
0: Tom Schatz. I think it's a fairness question. Uh, Americans genuinely feel that if you do something well, you deserve to be rewarded. And now you're being punished. And I think the unfairness of what this administration is doing is telling people that the government is going to tell you what to do, what to buy, what to wear, how to cook your food, uh, how much you're going to pay for your mortgage, it goes on and on and on. We've got you know, price controls on pharmaceuticals, which is a more complicated issue, but nonetheless will affect future research and development. There's a lot that's going on that will impact people more than I think they know, and they're beginning to feel a little uneasy, more uneasy about everything that's going on. You're right, it's not just one thing. It's the accumulation of things that are finally painting a much clearer picture of what's been going on and what's going to happen going forward because it's only going to get worse.
2: Well they are really grotesquely violating this Constitution and I think our leaders need to remember that when they disconnect themselves from the very laws they require the rest of us to follow that that conduct really does equal tyranny and as a matter of language I I don't think I'm off the mark by any measure and and let's face it this country does have a very storied history of knowing exactly what to do with tyrants now perhaps we're not there just yet but it does seem as if we're leaning in more—we're leaning more in that direction than in the opposite direction. Where am I mistaken?
0: Oh, I agree, and I, and I think that's one of the contrasts that will be uh, uh, drawn as the you know the new um, election season moves forward. I think it's something that should be debated, discussed. But they're hiding the, the president in the White House <laughs> quite well, and uh, who knows what he's going to say of anything in the next eighteen months to the election.
2: Good point. Well. Officials and bureaucrats should never forget that the trappings of officialdom attached to their positions never transcend the Constitution from which their powers are derived and to which they're each subordinate. In other words, they can't use the law to violate the law because that really just perverts the law. Anyway, Tom Schott's always a blast, folks. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network.
5: From NAACP Image Award nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant.
7: This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along in this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along
5: the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold.
4: Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and Zero Sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage egg and cheese croissant sandwich. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper Sandwich, BK Royal Crispy Chicken Sandwich, or Chicken Fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way. At Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by (laughs) Coca-Cola.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year Alan Ethan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Covering a number of things here today, as you may have heard, Gallup shows Biden's approval number sinking to 37%. What I want to know is who the hell belongs to this satisfied 37% and what are they getting out of this Constitution-violating, foreign policy-fumbling, and economy-killing Neanderthalic crap stains? What are we getting out of this guy? Who are you 37%? Also, Biden's FHFA uh, and its May 1st um, rule requiring those with good credit to subsidize those with bad credit for mortgages is in all actuality a tax not written by Congress. And as such, it really violates the Constitution. So you have to wonder, will Congress sue to protect its own separation of powers? We have assisting in the opining and analyzing, over front of the show, Jonathan Mort. Uh, Jonathan E. Mort is a Senate candidate in the state of uh, Virginia. He's also a constitutional attorney, columnist for USA Today magazine, co-host of the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Great to have you back, Jonathan. How are you today?
6: Doing great. Good to be on.
2: No, pleasure. Pleasure indeed. Um, I was talking about this earlier, and it just seems to me to be, um, you know, quite the no-brainer uh, as it relates to this uh, FHA intention. Um, you know you got biden's rule uh to force those having good credit to subsidize mortgages of those with bad credit um culminating into what really has to equal taxation without representation and and i i say that because he's essentially inflicting a tax uh that has nothing to do with any activity that went on in congress congress didn't pass this so i mean there look he's allowed to pass whatever number of executive orders he wants but they are limited to activities within his own separation of powers he can't use an executive order to supplant the power of either the judiciary or the legislature and am i wrong in saying that's exactly what he what he has done in this instance jonathan Emo.
6: no uh... he's raising monthly mortgage payments by buyers with good credit scores uh... while re- ris- riskier borrowers will get more favorable terms and he's doing it by fundamentally altering a thing called the loan-level prize adjustment matrix. And that, uh, that action, unilateral action, will have the effect of really harming the middle class, uh, really hurting people with good credit, and, and doing a number on uh, the marketplace by causing those who are riskier borrowers to have a greater opportunity to borrow by reducing the amount they have to pay so the effect Jonathan, is to Jonathan, turn the market this, upside down
2: and doesn't this also affect people who really aren't even home buyers in the sense that it harms the economy uh in the in, in a way that reverberates to a whole lot of other sectors look even if you're not a home buyer you might be a construction worker and construction's going to go uh, on the decline if this rule's in place because you're, you're getting away from market resonance. You know, people uh, on the right. left like to uh, shame capitalism. Very quickly, capitalism, folks, is, and, and people who know me know I just rattle this off the top of my head. I'm not looking at any notes here. Capitalism is just the creating, selling, and buying of goods and services for the purposes of providing for wants and needs. Uh, if I don't do it well, I get to try again. That's the beauty of capitalism. You always get to have another shot, unlike socialism. If I do do well... Um, and I'm self-sufficient, well, then I- I'm on my way. If I do so well where I can't even keep up with the demand, well, that manifests in, in, in expanded employment because i got to go out and get help. You know, And that means well, there's going to be that many more people making that many more dollars to pay that much more in taxes uh, to our Treasury to support all these social safety and the programs we want. And if you start interrupting that normal cycle of market resonance, you really screw up the works, do you not, Jonathan E. Moore?
6: Well, that's right. Every time you increase the tax on something, you get less of it. So if you increase the cost for good credit scores by uh, roughly $60 or so on average a month, you will decrease the number of good credit scores. And if you uh, conversely subsidize bad credit, you'll get more bad credit. So what this does is undermine the entire economy, as you're mentioning, and it is done without authority. This is to me, explain by Congress, why, pe- if why you
2: get more bad credit. Because the Democrats love to make assertions without ever linking them to any measurable standard of accountability and dialogue and debate, without tethering them to their required foundational merits. So let's say why it is that you would have more bad credit if this rule went through. It would be because people would be incentivized not to worry about the stewardship of their finances. Isn't that fair to say?
6: Yes, uh, it, is, it is ruinous because of that. The more emphasis, we have a delicate economy. People think that it's robust. The fact of the matter is rather delicate. But this action, of course, violates the separation of powers. Once again, we have the president unilaterally acting through an administrative agency, the executive branch, for the purpose of altering fundamentally the relationship between borrowers and, and, uh, and, and, and debtors, I mean debtors and creditors. And the relationship uh, is to be governed what? By regulatory action, by congressional action, well, hopefully neither, but if there's going to be a source of power, it's Congress. Congress is supposed to be vested under Article I, Section One, with the power to make law, and once again, Biden, without any clear indication, statute, no authorization, is proceeding unilaterally in violation of the separation of powers, invading the powers of Congress, unconstitutional from the get-go. And this is also a major questions doctrine issue again. And this is also an arbitrary and capricious action. Because, look, this whole FHFA. has well, already let me ask been you this if I can interrupt by, for just a second.
2: If I, if I can just interrupt for a second. We know that it's a violation of the separation of powers. So, why the hell are Republicans in the House just talking about coming up with another bill? All right. I, I, I'm looking at this uh, article, it's uh, from Fox News. GOP bill would repeal Biden policy, forcing people with good credit to subsidize high-risk mortgages. House Republicans are rolling out legislation to stop a new Biden administration regulation that, if implemented, would force lower-risk mortgage borrowers to help subsidize lower rates for high-risk borrowers. Representative Stephanie Bice, Republican out of Oklahoma, vice chair of the Republican Main Street Caucus, told Fox News Digital on Wednesday that President Biden was enabling, quote-unquote, a culture of dependency and blasted the White House for levying new regulations while skirting Congress to do so. And she goes on to describe how bad it is, but then she says she's got a bill to stop that. Her bill, the Free Market Mortgage Act of 2023, would repeal a new policy that the Federal Housing Finance uh, Agency, FHFA, intends to enact next month. Why the hell do you need a law to stop an action that's already illegal, According to the books that we have, the not just laws as written from the legislature, but as a matter of the Constitution, this is a tax. This is a tax not written by Congress. So why do we need another law when the act in focus is already violating existing laws? Where, where am I mistaken here?
6: Well, we shouldn't need one, but I'll tell you, I'd rather well, have one. Why not just go to court? Why not well, just you go should. to court? We should Screw go to court. This, this is a waste of time. We should definitely go to court, but we should also do uh, whatever else we can do to help ensure that this not But you and I happen. know that it's
2: not going to go anywhere. Even if it passes the House, it's not going to oh, have right. enough to pass the Senate. But it,
6: let's, say, let's say it goes to court and the, the court action fails for whatever reason. It can't
2: reason. fail what? what? They're going to turn their back on the Constitution?
6: Well, you, they, they talk haven't about passed. Forks. I mean, the problem talking, is,
2: look, I, I realize, look, there is such a thing called judicial review, okay? And for yep. better or for worse, we go with the courts on that because, quite honestly, there are plenty of times where the Constitution just doesn't have um, corresponding language to deal with a particular issue in focus. But in those areas where there's absolute black-letter law concerning a separation of power, no court can transcend the very document from which its powers are derived and to which it is subordinate. In other words, hypothetically, look, well, I'll give you an example that's right our, now. The that's our
7: hope, but, that's our hope. but r- 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 remember
2: Let me give a quick example. Let me give a quick example. Yep. You, you stop me where wrong because you're a constitutional attorney. We know, for instance, when it comes to nominating uh, a justice to the Supreme Court, the judiciary and the legislature cannot tell the president whom he can nominate. Once it gets to the Senate, the president and the judiciary cannot tell Congress uh, how to handle that nomination or confirmation process. And then once that person goes to the court, neither the uh, executive nor the legislature can tell that person how to rule, although if they're caught violating law on point, then they can be impeached by Congress. But as Thomas Jefferson said, that's a bundling way of doing it. So we know there are certain hardcore things that we don't need a court to tell us are right and wrong. I mean, if the judiciary decided to come up tomorrow and say, you know what, this First Amendment thing is really kind of pesky, we're just going to get rid of it. Everybody, with you know, with an IQ above fudgesicles, would know that the court would have just violated the Constitution on point, and therefore would not have to be. Well, I obeying.
6: agree, but remember the Obamacare decision, okay? But no, they so called it words, a
2: tax. They called it a tax, and you know what? Right. Unlike the Obamacare decision, this sucker never passed Congress. That thing was a, a monstrosity, sure was. And the yeah. Democrats said, "Oh, they held we're justified unconstitutional by calling it under
6: the Commerce Clause." But then they said, somehow something failed. that's unconstitutional under the Commerce Clause is nevertheless still alive if it, it's a tax. If it's, that that's was the, what the most disastrous, right. unconstitutional decision. Right. In years, but the point is that we But the we, thing is, we... at least
2: that thing passed Congress when they called it a tax. We know this right. is a tax because it's taking money from some people to give to others. That is a tax. Anytime you have money being taken from people, Congress has to be behind it. Either it's a form of tax or a fee or a fine, but it's got to come from them. The executive is not allowed to unilaterally start ditching out uh, uh, you know, edicts that take money out of people's wallets. Where am I mistaken?
6: You're not you're right
2: and it's a violation of the Constitution on point That's why I think the court system would come out on the side of those who are saying Jonathan if you can hang on the line folks going to be right back
1: In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. JumpCloud's Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution, as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud-based options aren't ideal either. JumpCloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices, and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end-to-end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud-based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com.
10: Find out more at nsc.org slash CallSkill.
1: I'm Ben Affleck and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you.
7: I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity.
9: I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune
7: system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be
8: able to survive something it's, it's just heavy, you know, it's, it's a heavy, it's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for that.
9: I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now.
8: We all
7: got
1: to help each other right now.
7: We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H E L P P V A dot org.
1: As Biden prepares to formally announce his campaign for a second term uh, early this week, just one in four Americans believe he should run for re-election. Seventy percent say he shouldn't run, and let me show you even more of this poll. Fifty-three percent of 2020 Biden voters say he shouldn't run. 64% of Democrats who voted for Sanders or Warren in the 2020 primaries think he shouldn't run. And 76% of voters under 35 think he shouldn't run. And what's the top concern for that? We asked voters. We didn't prompt them. We said, why don't you think he should run? Well, these were the responses. It almost is all about his age and his ability to do the job. Again, these are among Democratic primary voters.
2: Chuck Todd meet the press uh, NBC but uh, as much as he wants you to know or believe that it's only about age trust me folks it's all about a whole lot more every year is Alan Nathan the militant moderate once again this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left right black white two dimensional approach a Gallup poll showing Biden's approval numbers sinking to only 37 uh, percent and uh, that means you know you, you got so many people who don't want this guy to run as Chuck Todd just mentioned. But what are the drivers behind these numbers? Yeah, his age is a big deal, but it's also the economy. It's also because his agencies are censoring Americans through civilian proxies like the Election Integrity Group. It's also because his Department of Justice is overtly stalling the investigations of his son Hunter and brother James. It's also because of his dictatorial ban on gas stoves that people would prefer to buy, as well as the mortgages for which they'd they'd apply. Because that's another pain in the neck thing going on right now. Biden's FHFA May 1st rule requiring those with good credit to subsidize those with bad credit for mortgages. Guess what? It's a tax not written by Congress, which violates the Constitution. So it screams the question, will Congress sue to protect its separation of powers? This is a very, very dictatorial government in the, being headed by the absent-minded Joe Biden. And people are tired of it. They're fed up big time. They're fed up with a government that disconnects itself from the very laws it requires the rest of us to follow. Because that behavior, that conduct, equals tyranny. As a matter of language, where the hell am I off the mark by any measure? So I've said before, officials and bureaucrats should never forget that the trappings of officialdom attached to their positions never, ever, ever transcend the constitution from which their powers are derived as well as to which by the way they're each subordinate let's not forget that all right so they can't use the law to violate the law simply because that winds up perverting the law and their trappings of officialdom is not a green card all right it's not a get out of jail free card it's not a permission slip of any nature whatsoever This is just an astonishing thing that's happening. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing. Old friend of the show, Kevin Stockland, film producer for the Epic Times. He was, uh, he's also a writer and former investment banker. He wrote and produced the highly praised work entitled, We All Fall Down, The American Mortgage Crisis. He's asking the question, why are corporations surrendering control of their advertising and messaging to radical left-wing organizations? Damn good question. Kevin, good to have you back. How are you today?
7: Thanks for having me on. Doing well.
2: It seems that this is a self-invalidating exercise. You look at Budweiser. They were spanked royally. They lost a tonnage of money in in their stock's value. And uh, so what do you have? You have organizations like Maybelline doing the same thing, you know, just smacking around their their consumers, believing that at the end of the day, uh, they're not going to run into the law of diminishing returns, you know, wherein whatever you're getting out of a thing is exceeded by what you're losing Uh, because of that same thing or that same action. How do you see this unfolding in the not-too-far-distant future?
7: Yeah, you know, there's a long history to this. This is just the latest. So this goes back to, you can recall, uh, Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines fighting uh, Georgia voter ID laws that are overwhelmingly supported by people across races and political parties. They found that 30% of the people they surveyed were less likely to buy Coke products as a result of that. And then the whole Disney fiasco in Florida. Um, Actually, so can I ask really you to pause for a second,
2: fact. because this is something that's sali- saliently important. What you mentioned about the voter ID law. Um, my guest, Kevin Stockland, is not just generalizing here. In virtually every poll on the subject, all demographics support photo voter ID. In virtually every poll. We're talking about the, not just the majority of Republicans, the majority of independents, but also the majority of Democrats. And it also breaks down on racial lines. The majority of whites. The majority of blacks, the majority of Hispanics, the majority of Asians. It's all across the board. The only group that's against it is the hierarchy of the Democrat Party. The rank-and-file Democrats support the damn thing. It's only the rank-and-file that don't like it because they know that photo voter ID allows less latitude for cheating. Or am I being too snarky about this?
7: Your take. Well, that's correct, and it's the same thing with the parents' rights law that was also supported by the majority of people asked, uh, and Disney came out against that. And what these uh, corporate executives are doing is alienating their own customers, they're hurting their sales, they're hurting their shareholders, but they cannot stop themselves from wading into these political issues. And very often they're forced to apologize, uh, you know, and backpedal and everything else. But when push comes to shove, in the moment, they just can't stop themselves. They have to jump in. And you know, Disney is Why a very. Why can't illiterate. they
2: stop themselves? Why these people right. are involved in the heartbeat of capitalism? Again, as I've said before, capitalism is just the creating, selling, and buying of goods and services for the purposes of providing for wants and needs. If I if I don't do well, I get to try again. That's the beauty of capitalism, unlike socialism. If I do well, well, that manifests itself. Uh, in my being self-reliant, self-sufficient. If I do so well that I can't keep up with the demand, well, then i got to go out and get help, which manifests itself in expanded employment, which provides that many more uh, tax-paying citizens to contribute that many more dollars to the Treasury so we can better afford all these social safety net programs that we want for the disenfranchised. Having said that, you would think that these people who are, who are in the heartbeat of such uh, a universe would would not behave so counterintuitively, or am I expecting too much, sir?
7: Well, so it, this uh, Disney is a wonderful case study. All of these are in the genius of the ESG movement. So this progressive movement has found... ESG the, movement the for everybody point.
2: that's environmental, social, and government. Continue, I'm sorry.
7: Correct, yeah. So the left, uh, the progressive movement has been very ingenious in finding the leverage points and the pressure points to make CEOs very uncomfortable if they don't go along with this agenda. So when the parents' rights law came up in, in Florida... The Disney CEO, Bob Chapek, did not want to get involved in that. He said, you know, we produce content for families. We're not a political organization. I'm staying out of it. He got pressure from all directions. So he got pressure from activists within the company. He got pressure from outside groups.
2: And that's what compelled him. That proved to be the impetus. But you know what? Um, It's still on him because he did not have to buckle. And if he had not buckled, guess what? That would have reduced the strength of... Of those same pressurized or pressuring activists uh, and advocates, isn't that fair to say, Kevin Stockland?
7: Yeah, so that's where we are.
2: That's how you fight them. You take away their strength by saying no. And as they shout louder, you just say no louder. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network.
0: The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.